0: Chicken on a stick. Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm Maggie. And we are Chicken on a Stick. Welcome to another episode.
1: Welcome, welcome.
0: Today we're going to be talking about a Maggie pick. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's kind of timely because we just, the previous week as of recording, Mm -hmm. went and saw Oppenheimer. Yes. So we're revisiting Christopher Nolan with uh, a movie of his known as The Prestige.
1: The Prestige.
0: So we will be back in a moment to talk about the movie. The
1: greatest magic trick I've ever seen. Did they applaud when you saw it? The trick was too good, it was too simple. The audience hardly had time to see it. He's a dreadful magician. No, he's a wonderful magician. He's a dreadful showman. He doesn't know how to dress it up, how to sell the Well, how does he do it? He uses a double. No, 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 no. It's too simple. This is a complex illusion. You only say that because you don't know the method. It's a double that comes out at the end. It's the only way. I've seen him perform the trick three times now, Mr. Carter. The Prestige is the same man. No, it's not. The same man comes out of that second cabinet, I promise you. It's the same man. He wears padded gloves to hide his damaged fingers, but if you look closely, you can tell.
0: Okay, so tell us about The Prestige, since it was your choice.
1: Absolutely, that this... Uh, this was my choice. I, I did choose it because I do love a I love a good twisty movie. I love a movie where you're kind of not sure where it's going to go. And I do love Christopher Nolan movies in general. So um, that's always a win. And the cast is, is fantastic. So, you know, I couldn't decide this week if I want to do like a spoopy movie or a fun movie. And I thought that a, a twisty drama... Thriller was kind of the, the, the sweet spot to go with. So, so the, the Prestige. Um, so this is a period thriller. It's set in Edwardian London, where two rival magicians, uh, partners until the tragic death of an assistant during a show, feud uh, bitterly after one of them performs the ultimate magic trick, which is teleportation. So his rival tries desperately to uncover the secret of his routine, experimenting with dangerous um, scientific ways, and this is just all of his quest um, to figure out what that trick is, and it kind of brings him to the brink of insanity and jeopardizes the lives of everyone around the pair. Um, So with that said, so again, this is a Christopher Nolan film. Um, It is from 2006. It was written by Nolan and his brother, Jonathan, which I did not know, and is also based on a book um, from 1995 by a guy called Christopher Priest. Also did not know that. Um, the movie's at 130 minutes, so I feel like it's not too long and not too short. Um, it does start... Not too long,
0: not too short. Not too it's too, too- two hours and ten minutes long.
1: I don't think it's... Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's too much. For what's in the movie, the content, I feel like it's a good pace. Um, but so we get Hugh Jackman as Robert Angier, I'm going to say. Uh, uh, I forget, Ang- Angier? Angier, I think I is know. how it's pronounced. I kept forgetting it. Um, and Christian Bale as Alfred Borden. Uh, the cast also has Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, Piper Perabo, Andy Serkis, Rebecca Hall, and a very surprising... A surprising guest, which is David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. Um, so yeah, so uh, obviously having um, uh, Bale and Kane in another Nolan movie, he is kind of prone to putting actors in his films over and over, which I always love. Um, but it did also receive um, Academy Award nominations for Best Art Direction and Best Cinematography. I do not remember who won, but it wasn't the
0: Oh no! Christopher Nolan. Nolan didn't win an award. Oh shucks. So there you have it. That's the movie. Um, so this was really his. This is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this was Christopher Nolan's like fifth film, fifth or sixth film overall. But it was the second one after he really reached public eye with 2005's Batman Begins.
1: Right.
0: Now, some people seem to think less of Batman Begins than The Dark Knight, obviously. But, yeah, um, yeah, Batman Begins still rocks, in my opinion.
1: I think so, too. I mean, I love all of them, but... Yeah. That one was pretty good.
0: But as a follow-up, this movie is quite different. It definitely doesn't follow the same thing, but it does pull in something we'll come to know him for very well on, which, like you said, is bringing many actors with him onto multiple projects over a period of time i love that yeah also shout out i love rebecca hall so seeing her in anything's great
1: rebecca hall is pretty
0: great (laughs) um so the movie itself to i guess kind of get into it because this is a long movie and there's a lot of Twists and turns and things and jumping forward and backwards in time that it can be on a first watch,
1: confusing.
0: kind of confusing.
1: Yeah, in retrospect, I don't know how great of a pick it was to do an audio po- podcast about because it does. There's a lot of jumping forward, jumping back, backwards. Um, you know, some things that maybe you're not going to catch them on on the first watch. So it it's it's a little bit busy. But I still think that it was a good enough movie that um, that we both like, that it was good enough to talk about.
0: Yeah, I don't remember when I first saw this movie. Um, it was definitely s- sometime after The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Maybe even after Interstellar. I don't know. It was definitely years, years later.
1: It was definitely before Interstellar for me, but I think this was also one of those movies that I... Um, Like, being the person that I am and loving the the specific movie genre that I do, there are so many times where I would just go on Google or Reddit and be like, top 10 uh, scariest, twisty movies. Or, like, top 10 movies where you didn't see that ending coming. And I think this was probably one of the ones that was on there. Because I know that's where I I think I originally got Triangle from. With someone being like, "This this is a movie you should watch. So, put it on my list. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's so funny that you brought up the triangle. Um, so the before we do get in this, again, just kind of a spoiler warning, we're going to talk about the whole movie. So that. if you've never seen it, go watch it so that the twists and turns to it aren't actually spoiled for you because it's worth... I think this is a movie that, on its own, is pretty good. Right. But watching it a second time, I think it's actually better.
1: Yeah. I think it is one of those movies that the more that you watch it, the, the better it is. And um, and where where can you find it? It's Did we rent it? Yes. We rented it. It used to be streaming for free somewhere, but I think we did rent it on Amazon Prime.
0: We did. Um, anyway, so the movie opens. Um, it is... Uh, we don't know... I'm, I'm going to refrain from kind of telling you what year it's supposed to be. It's the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. We jump back and forth within, like, a ten-year period, give or take. Um, But the movie opens, and we just see a, like, a forested area covered in, like, stovepipe hats, or top hats, whatever they were called.
1: Yeah, like those old-timey, tall, black hats.
0: Yeah, there's just a ton of them sitting there.
1: Ironically, think of The Greatest Showman. Because he has, he has, like, a big...
0: A lot of people back then wore those types of hats. You forgetting Abraham Lincoln? Oh, right. (laughs) But, like, that's all he wore was those top hats. Um, So we see a bunch of those on the ground, and then we start to hear a voiceover saying, are you watching? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we start to hear Michael Caine talking. Michael Caine. (laughs) Yeah. And he's talking about that all great magic tricks consist of three parts. Mm -hmm. The first part called the pledge the magician shows you something ordinary a deck of cards a bird or a man he shows you this object um perhaps he asks you to inspect it uh, to see if it's actually real unaltered normal but of course it probably isn't the second part is called the turn the magician takes the ordinary ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary Uh, now you're looking for this secret, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really know... You don't really want to. Uh, you want to be fooled. In um, the third part, we call The Prestige. Right. Ta-da! Name of the movie.
1: That's
0: it. Um, and that's really, like, the reveal of, like, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Uh, th- remember that bird that disappeared? Here it is. Right. That sort of thing. Giving away the actual... Um, well, not giving away the trick, but showing the the outcome of the trick. Now, while he's doing that, he's kind of showing this little girl, um, like a magic trick with like a, a dove or mm-hmm. bird making it disappear and then reappear sort of situation, showing it to a little kid. Uh, that'll come back later.
1: I think it's a canary.
0: Sure. It's a small, yellow-ish, yeah. white bird.
1: Tweety bird. Sure. Canary.
0: Is that what Tweety Bird's supposed to be? Yeah. I guess I didn't ever know that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that makes sense.
1: You something um,
0: We then cut to seeing a crowd watching a magician do an act. And he asks for some volunteers. Mm-hmm. And we see the crowd. And in the crowd we see Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Or Alfred and Robert. And they both get up on stage. They're called up there with a cup um, To work with the assistant, this, this woman, and what they're asked to do is to bind her ankles and her wrists. Right. So Alfred ties her wrists, Robert ties her ankles. Right. We immediately know that they're obviously plants, which means they're in on the act, because right. Robert, without hiding it at all, kisses the woman on the leg. We find out that that's his wife right. um, in a little bit.
1: And she's like your classic magician's assistant.
0: Yeah, Um, Michael Caine is off to the side, off the stage. He's watching the act take place. We see him pick up an axe Mm -hmm. and a a stopwatch or a pocket watch to keep track of time. And basically what's happening is they bound this woman's wrists and ankles because she's being hooked onto a rope or something and being lifted into the air and dropped into a tank of water. And the tank of water is going to be locked... And it's an uh, old, like, escape this locked yeah. tank of water trick. They pull up the curtains, and then there's a time limit, and Michael Caine is keeping track of the time. And the, the magician kind of walks around the thing. Hugh Jackman Christian Bale kind of stand to the side. The curtains drop. She's no longer in the tank. Right. Ta-da! Ta-da! Um, feels... That's the kind of magic that I think is almost lazy... Because yeah. it's, well, you're you're full-on hiding everything. True. So I'm not actually watching anything. I'm seeing a curtain. Right. So to me, it's like, okay, well, now it's obvious that you press a button or you reach a lever or something, something. and the thing opens and you just get right out. It, yeah. It's, like, clear as day. Um, obviously, that trick has, like, evolved over time. Now people will do they'll put on like straight jackets and then get dunked into the tanks and they can like dislocate their shoulder and work their arms and do whatever um
1: wasn't that that, i feel like that when i think of magic and i think of like dunk tanks and chains i'm thinking houdini you know sort of i don't know old, old timey things not like not up close sleight of hand magic
0: yeah um, so after we see this, uh, we do cut to, at this point I don't think we're sure what it is. But it, it it's sometime into the future. Mm-hmm. And we see Robert, Hugh Jackman's character, performing on stage. And behind him he's got this crazy contraption and he's standing in it and there's electricity flying everywhere. And we see somebody go, um... Similar sort of thing. We see a bunch of people get up on stage, inspect the equipment, whatever. I don't know what these random people are supposed to be looking for. If you just asked me randomly to go up on a stage and be like... uh, To some weird machine and be like, does anything look out of place?
1: Yeah.
0: I wouldn't even know what to be looking for. And that's kind of the point. You're you're picking somebody who's just like, oh, okay. One of them, instead of getting off stage, goes behind the scenes and rips off a fake beard. It's Christian Bale's character. It's Alfred. And he manages to get backstage, go under the stage, and we see under the stage is a water tank. Mm -hmm. And as we hear the trick going on above us, a trap door opens. Robert falls down into the water tank. The water tank closes. It has like a padlock on it sort of thing. And as Alfred is standing there, Robert drowns right in front of him. Uh, so probably not, not the greatest thing.
1: No. And they, like, the tank, too, with like, the sides of it and the locks, they look like almost titanium. Not titanium, but like very... That would be insanely, insanely difficult to open on your own without any assistance.
0: Right. <laughs> we then cut to a courtroom where Alfred is on trial, Mm -hmm. um, and we see... And it's, like, the very old-style courtrooms, where, quite literally, there's, like, the judge, there's the prosecution, um, Alfred and his defense or whatever sitting there. But Michael Caine, who's being questioned, is, like, standing in the rafters. (laughs) He's, like, standing up on this observation deck sort of thing, being asked the questions. And basically, he's being asked, like... Um, How's the trick supposed to be done? Uh, why was there, like, why is there a water tank? What was supposed to be happening? Um, if you sort of taught him how to do this. And he's basically refusing to reveal the trick. Because it would make it to where he couldn't sell it later on to make money. Um, but he's trying to explain that, obviously, Alfred understood what the trick was. Because he placed the water tank there somehow. And... Caused the locks to be there. Or maybe just locked the thing itself. Who knows. Um, and basically. Alfred gets sentenced to. Execution. Yep.
1: Sentenced to death.
0: So right away one of our leads is in prison. Yeah. For murdering the other one. Right. Um, from here. Uh, we do see that. Alfred gets visited in prison by uh, just by some guy uh, who is basically saying he works for a man who wants to buy his tricks. He wants to pay for... He'll pay for all of his tricks, but one in particular, his teleportation trick that he right. did. And at first, he's kind of hesitant about it. Uh, it's some guy named Lord Cow... Coldwell, Cal- Caldwell? Caldwell? Um, and he's basically hesitant to sell it to him because, again, he... Coldborn. Sure. Yeah. Um, so he's like, let me just get back to you on it, and that's fine. And then he hands him a, like, a journal? Yeah. Like, a little notebook to read through. And the notebook happens to be Robert's journal.
1: Right.
0: So it's... it. This is... And this is where things start to get a little um, sh- strange or non-coherent. Especially maybe the first time you watch it. Uh, the, the non-linear storytelling shows through here. Because what it is, is Alfred being in prison is present time. It's present right. day. Right. He is going to be reading this journal of Robert's. Which is going to be what we visually see when we're back in time. Because we're going to follow Robert the majority of this movie. So it's Alfred reading about Robert's take on what happened. But later, (laughs) it's going to be Alfred reading about Robert reading Alfred's journal about Alfred's life. Correct. (laughs) So it's a little confusing, but that's kind of what's happening.
1: It's very much so a stay-with-me-here kind of movie. Yeah. Hang,
0: hang on. <laughs> uh, so we flash back in time to see Hugh Jackman showing up in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. in the United States to meet someone and he goes up to, basically it's like this forested area, it's snowy and he goes up to try and open the fence and the fence is electrified uh, so he can't get in but somebody comes down and it happens to be Andy Circus. Uh, Famous for Gollum. My
1: precious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we find out that Andy Serkis works for Nikola Tesla. Right. And Robert is there to get Tesla to build him a machine that he believes that he built for one of his colleagues in the past. Right. Um, He gets turned away even after offering a ton of money. Um, Andy Serkis basically just tells him no, and he leaves. We flash back again to 1897, uh, where we see both Alfred and Robert again in the crowd of the magic show. Right. They volunteer again, uh, and they go up and they, they tie the woman up and, and all that stuff. So we're kind of back to where we started in mm-hmm. originally. Um... She gets put into the water tank again. She escapes. Everybody loves it. Basically what we've seen again. But this time we're seeing behind the scenes. It's after the act, after the show's been finished. Uh, We realize now that they both are plants in the crowd. Um, And Bale... Or Alfred wants to add something new to the trick. Right. He thinks that... Basically, they tie like a slip knot, something really easy that she can get out of. Yeah. But he wants to try a different knot that he knows that she'd be able to get out of. But he, because when he gets up on stage, he's like, contemplates, should I try the new knot? Should I not? Michael Kane says not to do it because yeah. it's not safe. It's not what they practice. Just stick with the simple thing. But the wife says that she can escape through. It. Yeah. She could definitely do it. She knows she can. Robert is also against it. He's like, let's just stick with the safe thing. It's already a slightly dangerous act. There's no reason to, like, complicate J- yeah, it and add more it, more to it.
1: Make it any any worse. And the, the complicated knot, uh, I looked it up, is called the Langford Knot. Yeah. And um, it is a very complicated um, knot that w- was used a lot um, in the Navy.
0: Yeah. Um, so, during all of this, we also find... We get a little insight into the personalities of Alfred and Robert. In this case, Alfred is obsessed with... Well, maybe obsessed is a strong word. But he very much wants to create a trick that's never been seen before. Yeah. He wants to do something new. He, While he appreciates kind of like what's come before, he wants to build on that and do something people have never been he seen before. He wants to be
1: extraordinary.
0: Yeah. Whereas Robert is perfectly fine with doing the big tricks that people love to see. Mm-hmm. Because he, you know, they're, they're tried and true. Uh, there's nothing too dangerous about it. You don't have to worry about it flopping. Yeah, he, people will come to see it and enjoy it.
1: He's not interested in reinventing the wheel, yeah. basically. You know, he's not trying to be a hero. He just wants to entertain people and give them what they want.
0: Uh, so Michael Kane basically challenges them. Uh, most Mostly Alfred. He's like, if you want to try a new trick, if you want to see something new, uh, go see this Chinese man who does a magic show. And if you can come back and tell me, and he basically says this to both of them, he kind of challenges both of them because they both end up wanting to do it. If you can go and tell me how that Chinese man does his trick,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll give you ten minutes on stage to do your own little trick. Yeah. So you'll you'll get some time to show off and do your own thing. Um,
1: and by the way, Michael Kane's character is—he's an engineer. Like yeah. He, like he engineers, like the the mechanics and the the behind-the-stage things. So he's—that's what his—he
0: his helps put the shows on. Yeah. He does a little promotion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, venue hunting, that sort of stuff. But right. yeah, he, he does a lot of behind-the-scenes things. Yes. Uh, so both Robert and Alfred go and watch the show, and it's a it's. I want to say it was called, like, the goldfish in the jar or glass or something. Uh-huh. Uh, and basically what it is is we see this elderly-looking Chinese man, and he has, a, like, a little towel curtain thing in front of him. And he goes up to a table, he kind of shakes the, the sheet or whatever in front of it for a second, pulls it away, and something's appeared on the table. Right. And it starts off small, becomes slightly bigger, until the last one is a massive glass bowl filled with water and goldfish. So the thing is, how does he do that? How does he manage to make a big bowl of water with live fish Mm -hmm. appear out of nowhere? Um, And after seeing the show, both Alfred and Robert have different ideas of how he could have possibly done it. Um, Alfred happens to think that the entire persona of the old Chinese man is an act. Right. That he's not actually elderly, that he just dresses that way and acts that way in public, mm-hmm. where under his, the way he walks kind of like crouched over and kind of wobbly is because between his legs, right. he is carrying the this fishbowl fish bowl with water and goldfish in it. Right. Just for the act. But when the act's over, he still has to maintain that appearance so nobody actually catches on. That's what he believes is happening. Mm -hmm. Robert, going home with his wife, uh, tests that out and thinks that that's impossible, that there's no way somebody could carry that because even the bowl on its own is extremely heavy. heavy.
1: It's a glass bowl.
0: So he can't imagine that somebody actually is just walking around like that for any amount of time without giving it away somehow.
1: Even the idea of doing that, my knees could never.
0: <laughs> yeah, never.
1: Not even a tiny little fishbowl. Not even like a betta fish thing.
0: Um, from here we see Alfred uh, assisting on a show. Uh, just a little small show that he's helping out on. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a... He's helping the magician do like a disappearing bird act. Right. And it's the birds in a cage... The cage gets like smushed, mm-hmm. and then he pulls out from under a little rag. There, here's the bird. They the put it in a new alive cage. And what? In the crowd, we see Rebecca Hall, who is with her nephew, and the nephew is crying from seeing this. Like, why did you kill the bird? Where's the bird? Which what is happened? Exactly what I would have done. Um, and Alfred sees her, and he's kind of you know love at first sight sort of thing. Mm-hmm walks over, sees the crying kid, and is like, no, look, here's the bird, he's safe. And the kid goes, no, where's the bird's brother? And he's like, smart kid. This is where it is revealed that they do, in fact, kill the birds. Yep. That they don't, when they smush the cage, they're crushing the bird. Yeah, I know. And then they just pull out one that is, you Not know, drenched. looks the same.
1: Yeah. I didn't, I really don't like that that part of the movie Because they do it with rabbits,
0: too, and that's real sad. they just be killing them left and right. Yeah. We see Alfred has taken them out to lunch, uh, and then he walks Rebecca Hall home, and he gets a little fresh with her. He's kind of like, hey, can I come in? Yeah. And she's like, "Mm, no. And so she just rejects him.
1: I'm a lady.
0: Um... And he walks off, and as she goes in the door and shuts the door, he's already in the apartment.
1: Yeah.
0: So he somehow, like, broke and entered into her apartment without her knowing.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is sort of... Like, I don't... Thinking about this part Mm -hmm. too much is going to make you realize that I can't imagine any sort of world where it actually makes sense of how it was pulled off... Mm -hmm. But once you know what happens you can kind of assume what actually happened here right. it just doesn't really make any sense unless Alfred knew ahead of time where this woman lived right. which we have no reason to believe that he would have so how he ended up appearing in her apartment when assumedly the only entrance outside of like breaking through a window is the door makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And also, if you're trying to impress me and woo me, showing up unannounced in my home, not the way to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Um, she, she does kind of, like, giggle, and is like, ha, 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 so funny, you magic man. <laughs> that's, that's not that funny, <laughs> lady. It's very worrying. It's
1: very worrying. <laughs> <It's> very worrying. <laughs>
0: that's concerning. Uh, back in present time, we see the same man who visited Alfred in prison speaking with Michael Caine. Uh, talking about buying all of these props Mm -hmm. and magic equipment that Robert used. Right. And among them is a, I don't really know how to describe it. It's almost a pyramid shape, but it's not quite, it's rather thinner than a pyramid. And, like, more lengthy, and it's definitely not a pointed top.
1: Um, If you've ever seen, like, a classic uh, metronome, that's exactly what it looks like. It's sort of a pyramid, but not quite. That's what a metronome looks like. A classic one.
0: Yeah. Um, and basically Michael Kane is just like, look, don't buy this one. It's it's not worth it. This is basically what got him killed. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not worth having. Um, and then we cut from there. Um Oh, no, actually, we do see at one point the guy asks, like, is this the water tank where it happened? He's like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's the tank where the thing actually happened. That's the one. Um, <laughs> and, and he does mention that that tank was important to Robert. Well, not that tank specifically, but the trick was very important to Robert and Alfred for reasons. Right. Um this is where we cut back to kind of find out what happened and why the water tank holds any sort of significance in the story or to the characters. We see the woman doing the water trick again. Mm-hmm. Alfred and Robert again get brought up on stage to tie the knots, except this time Al- Alfred, I almost said Albert, <laughs> Alfred does try the different knots. The Langford knot. Um she does kind of give him like a nod like let's do it. Yeah. I can, I can I can get out of this. No got problem. This. And they lift her up, they put her into the water, Michael Caine grabs his stopwatch, grabs the axe. We're watching the, the curtains go up, <clears throat> we don't see anything. Although, this time, it's going a little bit longer than it should. When the curtain drops, she is still in the tank, she's and still- Michael Caine runs out with his axe to try and break the glass. Yeah. But by the time he does, too late, she's drowned already.
1: And everyone in the crowd, in the audience, is just, like, freaking out. Like, we're... At at first, everyone's like, oh, ha, 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 this is part of the trick. And then it very quickly goes to, oh, this is going badly. This is not (laughs) supposed to happen.
0: This is not part of the trick. We're
1: watching someone die before our eyes with our children.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So she could, in fact, not get out of the... the
0: yeah, and this is where you asked me at one point here if like do they not know CPR? Oh yeah. And then we learned that CPR as far as we know it uh was not invented until
1: 1960. I had no idea. I just don't understand how no And one again, had that's any at least idea. that's
0: at least to the degree of in which we know CPR as CPR. Right. Was 1960 uh, as far as like where it got like widespread implement uh, uh, implications into yeah. saving people from drowning and stuff like that. They
1: just kind of left her there, like.
0: Could be that something existed before that, where maybe they tried to shove like their hands down your throat to get you to gag up water or That's something, or like punch you in the back. Who knows? But.
1: I mean, even that sounds better than not literally doing. anything. Doing nothing. Yeah. Which is what they did.
0: Yeah, but it was like. Seventy something years earlier. <laughs> so it was, it was, maybe they weren't that advanced.
1: I think I made it. I made a note somewhere in here. My notes are all over the place, but I'm pretty sure I made a note somewhere that said they have no idea how to do simple CPR on someone that's clearly got fluid in their lungs, but they'll give someone cocaine, is like a, a painkiller. Make it yeah. make
0: sense. But yeah. Yeah. Um, at the funeral service. Alfred shows up and he says sorry for your loss to Robert and Robert asks him what knot did you tie? What knot did you tie? And he just says I, I don't know. And he, and he leaves. And it's just like what the fuck do you mean you don't we know don't what know. you tied? Yeah. What?
1: Was it the complicated knot or was it the basic knot you always did?
0: Crazy. Crazy. If somebody did that, like I'm not one for, I've, I mean, I've said this a lot, that I would not retaliate against somebody for murdering someone I know or whatever. Like, I'm not going to be one of those psychos who did, well, it's hard to say psychos, but one of those people who's going to, like, jump over a barrier and try and attack somebody for whatever. Yeah. Um, But if I asked you a question like that, and then you just went, uh. I don't I don't know. I'd be like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, How the fuck it's,
1: can you not know? We're literally at her funeral. This seems like a huge deal, and you just don't know.
0: Also, my question is, how do you not know, Robert? You guys pulled her out of the tank. Her wrists were still bind. Did you not look at the knot? (laughs) Like, did you not see what was there? It's weird and doesn't make much sense. No
1: one pays attention.
0: Um, At this point in time, Alfred and Rebecca Hall are together. I don't know what her character's name is, so I'm just gonna keep calling her Rebecca Hall. Yeah, I forget. Uh, and it reveals that she's pregnant. Um, oh, Sarah? Sarah, yes, maybe, maybe. Sarah. sure. Um, and he's struggling to find steady work after what happened. He does tell her that they're uh, that he wants to start doing a catch a bullet act, and she's like, "Do you think that that's safe?" And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you you know how it's done, it's perfectly safe. And he walks her through how you do this act, which is you take your pistol, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you put in the gunpowder, then you put a little cloth, like a damp cloth, in front of the barrel, and you put the uh, the pellet, the BB. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, little metal part. The the ball on the sheet, and you push it down as though you're loading it. But the damp sheet is going to stop the when you hit the uh, the I don't know guns when you hit the thing the, and the hammer knocks it instead of lighting the
1: yeah it just the
0: gunpowder the damp rag's going to like prevent that from happening right. so it's not actually going to shoot something
1: so it's like their old like it's, it's going to
0: fake shoot but there's not going to be a pellet inside of
1: it right it's their old timey way of you know shooting a blank.
0: So he says, you put the bullet in there, and as you hand mm-hmm. the gun to the person who's going to shoot, you, like, tilt it so that the ball rolls back out, mm-hmm. and then you have the ball in your hand. And then when that person fires, it's going to do the little mm-hmm. poof, But all you got to do is act like you caught something and then reveal the ball that was in your hand the whole time. Now, he does say, you know, the dangerous part is if some asshole wants to put a a pellet in there on on his own. Like, he wants to double make sure that it's loaded. But you have to, you know, you keep an eye on him, and then if you see them doing that, you stop it before it happens.
1: Alec Baldwin probably doesn't like this part of the movie. <laughs> well, that was a dark joke, wasn't it? Kind of a little <laughs> <I'm sorry>. bit. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon.
0: Um, so she feels better about the act. And we see Alfred performing... Kind of like on the street. Mm -hmm. Uh, It almost looks like it's partially inside, but it also kind of looks like it's outside. It's definitely not on, like, a stage because everybody's sort of standing around. Right. And we also see that he's got a partner with him, this bearded man with glasses who we'll end up knowing as Fallon later on, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think his name gets said for a long-ass time. No, it doesn't. But we see him here, and they're doing the bullet trick. And they hand the gun off to a person. And this person... Holds the... We see him put in a a bullet into the gun. Mm -hmm. And he holds the gun up. And then the camera like pans up. And who is it? It's Robert. Sure is. And Robert asks him... uh, While holding the gun towards him... He asks again... What knot did you tie? And again... He doesn't get an answer. No. So he goes to shoot the gun, but just as he's firing the gun, Fallon like, kind of hits his hands down. Right. So the bullet that fires takes off uh, a pinky and a ring finger off of his off of Alfred's uh, left hand. Right. So his pinky and ring finger are basically gone.
1: They're gone. Got shot right off.
0: Yeah. And that felt good. Um, No, probably not. Uh, From there, we see uh, Michael Caine reach out to Robert uh, to hire him for a show. Um, And he decides to use... He does go along with it. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. And he goes with the name that his wife came up with. Which was the great Danton, or something like that. Yeah, whatever that was. Um... So, his wife said that name at one point. Originally, he was like, nah, I don't really like that name. But now that his wife's dead, he's kind of doing it in her honor. So, he's yeah. doing the great Danton. Um, he also brings him a... I called her a sidekick when I meant to say assistant. I, for the life of me, could not think of the word assistant. Like, what are those people called? The Their magic, uh, magic, uh, magic sidekick. <laughs>
1: they're always the ones that talk, They always have one hand on their hip. And they're wearing, like, a cute outfit.
0: Yeah, what are those called? They're always like the one. Piece it's like a, like it's
1: like a, it's like a corset bodysuit kind of thing, like you yeah. know, like the old, like the old Playboy outfits. They were kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's an actual term for that, but I don't know what Couldn't it is.
1: Couldn't I never wore one.
0: Um, the assistant is Scarlett Johansson. Olivia. Uh, Olivia. This to in two thousand six. This is well before she would become Black Widow. Right. Uh, Because the MCU doesn't start for another two years with Iron Man. And she doesn't show up until Iron Man 2. Um, So Scarlett Johansson had done a couple of things.
1: Do you think she had already done Lost in Translation?
0: No idea. You can look that up. I will tell you she was definitely already in Home Alone 3.
1: Lost in Translation 2003.
0: And Lost in Translation. So she had been around. She was known at this point. Just not as big as she would end up being. Right. Uh, because in 2006, if you said, "Do you know who Scarlett Johansson is?" I would have said, "Who?" No, I not I don't know who she was then. Oh,
1: she's the. Although I had
0: I had seen the criminally underrated Home Alone three, and she was in that. I did not know that. And that's a joke that it's criminally underrated. But she was in it. She played um, the kid's older sister.
1: Couldn't tell you, but she she <laughs> she does a really good job in this role, and she's they very much. She does a great job of having that kind of classic old timey, um, I don't know that that classic Hollywood kind of look. I don't know. I'm trying to find the word that I want.
0: I don't know what the word you want is.
1: Vintage look. Sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's very vintage. Very vintage. Um, we see them at the, we see, like, a montage at this point, uh, that's a few minutes long, and basically what it is, is Robert, Olivia, and Michael Kane's character all working together to build the act. They're trying out a couple different routines and magic tricks, they're putting together, like, machinery and stuff. He doesn't quite want to be the same as, like, the classic things, so, for example, uh, in, in this stems from, like, his wife dying in an Mm -hmm. act, they create a new way to do the disappearing dove thing. Right. uh, Because I don't think it's canaries at this point. I feel like it's white. I feel like it might be a dove. Whatever it is, they get the cage with the bird, and they rig it with this machinery thing that he has on his back that as the cage goes to, well, one, the cage can only collapse a certain way. But as it does, the dove gets pulled back out and, like, up his sleeve. Right very quickly so you don't really see it and then he can just pull it back out to be like here it is Um, and it's done in a certain way that like everybody has to have their hands in a certain way and it kind of
1: hides
0: the, the bird getting pulled out of the cage. It's a
1: very well oiled machine.
0: So we see them do a bunch of their tricks and they finally are performing it and they're going to do the bird cage thing and they need two volunteers to do it. So they pick random people. It's supposed to be set up to where any random person can do this because they don't have to do much. And the two people come up, this woman and this man, and he he has his hands in his in his position, which is on top and bottom. Right. And then he has the two people place their hands on opposite directions to fully cover the cage. And as they're doing it, we realize that the bearded man in this case is Alfred. Yep. And Alfred somehow seemingly knows the trick, um, or, or maybe from looking at it kind of figured out what it was. So he, when his hands are on the cage, he like pulls something mm-hmm. to trigger it early, killing the bird, yeah. and also crushing the woman's fingers in yes. the cage. It and
1: was, then he
0: just walks off.
1: It was not fun. It's not a fun scene to watch.
0: Yeah, it's very like, what the fuck? Poor bird. Um, so this ends up causing Robert to get fired. Right. Uh, because obviously you can't be harming the people who are coming to view your stuff. No. Even if you can say, well that wasn't my fault, that was this asshole's fault. Right. So? <laughs> nobody's gonna care about that.
1: But also again you're doing magic so a lot of your audience is also children and watching an animal get murdered in front of them is not the best. Yeah. Not a good look, marketing-wise.
0: True. Um, at this point, we flash forward again to seeing Andy Serkis. Yeah, and Robert is speaking with him again. Again, asks about getting a certain machine built for him from specifically from Tesla, who had built something for one of his colleagues in the past. Um, Andy Serkis takes him out of like it's at like a hotel bar that they meet. circus is kind of a fan he's seen a show before he liked him he thought he was a good dude so he takes him to show him something and they go up to this empty field Mm -hmm. and it's snowing and it's nighttime and it's empty and they stand in a specific spot and he's talking about how tesla is up here building something Mm -hmm. and we test it every single night but we wait until all the power is out in the city because tesla doesn't want to take any power from people right So once we see this skyline of this town shut off all its lights and go black, the field they're standing in lights up. There are light bulbs almost like crops in a field, just lining up in rows and columns of of just light bulbs. And Circus reaches down and grabs the light bulb and just plucks it off the ground Mm -hmm. to show that there are no wires attached to it. That everything is underground, and he they put it back down and lights back right up uh, right away, and Robert seems to know like, well, you must have a thing like really like a generator close by, and he's like, it's fifteen miles away
1: yeah,
0: so Which we're is nuts. we're traveling this stuff from so far away
1: It's just bonkers
0: yeah, um <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Uh, pretty impressive too. Like if you I, I didn't look up to see if Tesla actually did something like that, but that'd be dope as hell to see. Yeah. If you knew Tesla or knew where he was and you could just go and see something like that, your mind would have absolutely been blown One apart.
1: Million percent. Yeah, that would
0: have been cool. Um, we do hear at this point that uh, Thomas Edison, getting a shout out for being uh, an asshole, is doing a smear campaign okay. against Tesla. Um, to try and discredit him to make people not interested in the stuff that he's doing or, or all that stuff, which is historically uh, to a degree true that that Tesla yeah. worked for Edison at one point, came up with a bunch of stuff including um, electricity and, and wanting to do like free electricity for people and stuff and Edison being the man all about making money and stuff that he was, uh, was not for it. No. It was very much against that
1: stuff. I was very surprised when I learned about that later. I feel like um, it's embarrassing how old I was when I learned that. They didn't teach that really so much in school.
0: Yeah. Um, and they're at this sort of, like, a convention almost, like a showing of Tesla's new machines, mm-hmm. including this, like, Tesla coil-looking thing. Right. I don't know exactly if it's a Tesla coil or if it's some sort of... Uh, predecessor or successor to the Tesla coil in the sense of how I know it, but it is some sort of machine that stands up and shoots electricity around. Right. And at the showing that Robert's at, who do we see? Lo and behold, Alfred is also there. Alfred there? Um, so we were back in time to like the first time that Robert saw this, he saw Alfred, which now we can associate that the sort of colleague... That he's talking about that Tesla built something for was Alfred. Right. Must have been Alfred.
1: So, very, very intricate, very twisty, mm-hmm. these two s- stories are.
0: Right. Um, Jackman ends up following Alfred out of this thing, and he follows him and sees that. Alfred now has a family. Mm-hmm. We see his, his daughter was born. She's just a baby at this point. So he sees it, and then he goes home, and he's talking to Scarlett Johansson, and he's basically saying, like, Alfred's mind is split. Right. Uh, one side, he's got his family that he's wanting to spend time with and take care of. On the other hand, he still wants to do the magic stuff. So his mind's split, which means he's not going to be, like, you know, we don't have anything to worry about because he's not really going to be competition, I think, is the yeah. point. Yeah.
1: He's basically saying, like, he's not really in the game. Yeah. That much.
0: We cut back to present time with Alfred in prison. He gets visited by his daughter, uh, who at this point must be, I don't know, like six or seven years old. Yeah. I
1: was going to say, like, around six, five or six.
0: She's still relatively young. She's pretty little. But old enough to be, like, aware enough of what's happening and yeah.
1: all Daddy, that. Daddy, why are you in prison?
0: Um, she's with the same guy we've already seen before. Uh, or, no, no, sorry. She's with the bearded guy with glasses right. that we saw when he got his finger shot off. Mm-hmm. So this is Fallon, and Fallon has been looking after his daughter. Fallon doesn't speak.
1: No.
0: Uh, anytime that we've seen him so far, he doesn't say anything. He just kind of nods his head and looks at you, Funky. Right.
1: Um,
0: we see... Uh, we also see at this point um (laughs) Alfred is in like the prison yard or, or lunch or something and he's sitting at this table and this guard is like talking shit to him in his face Oh yeah, like haha magic man you're not gonna escape haha we got all these chains on you and stuff and he goes to show him this trick with this like this ball
1: yeah like a red rubber ball
0: and he's trying to do something with it and he like drops it and it bounces off the table and he bends down to get it and he comes back up and when the guard is like ha you can't even do that trick he stands up away from the <laughs> table and walks away and the guard's like wait what the fuck you're not supposed to be able to do that yeah. and the guard goes to stand up and he had locked the guard to the table
1: he's got the shackles on now
0: so he was just showing that like it, I can still do yeah. these things and you know I'm not too worried about it
1: Yeah, I'm not like a clown that's just like Making silly little jokes. I am capable of doing something that you can't comprehend, can't possibly
0: and, fathom, yeah. or
1: or can't even uh, guess that it's going to happen. So it's very clearly you're underestimating, underestimating me. Right. But you
0: shouldn't. Which I mean, <laughs> first off, if you somehow did that, and, and I was the prison guard, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, fool me once. Yeah. But you're you're, you're not going to fool me again, yeah. so. Uh, I'm going to take your rubber ball from you. And <laughs> no more rubber ball. And we're going to chain you up, like, twice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so You've lost your rubber ball. Yeah, privileges. you lost your privileges <laughs> at this
0: point. Uh, we cut back in time to Jackman, or Robert, getting to meet Tesla. Uh, this is where we do see that David Bowie is Tesla. Uh, you thought it was Gary Oldman at first. I did. Which, I can understand Gary Oldman's done plenty of things where he... You know, he just kind of vanishes and rolls. There's somebody else I thought he looked like, and I cannot still, for the life of me, think of who I think it is. Um, but yeah, it's David Bowie. Kind of surprising. Um,
1: well, and also in my defense, he's ha- he's got like old timey facial hair, so he's not. Doesn't he? Didn't he have like one of the curly mustaches and like a be a little bit of a beard or something?
0: Maybe.
1: Maybe I might not remember, but. I I was not expecting him. Gary Oldman is the kind of person that he can look entirely different. And I'd be like, "Oh shit."
0: So I mean, I think they did a good enough job as far as the way that he looks. Um Tesla did have a mustache. I don't I don't remember if it's curled or not, but I think he probably did have the mustache. Um David Bowie though, famously not Serbian in any sort of way, and Tesla was Serbian American, so yes. Um, you know, a little creative liberty there, but just a little bit. It, it's like a fictional depiction of Tesla, so it doesn't really it's just matter. A,
1: it seems so random.
0: It almost does feel random to have a historical figure appear in this, but also I get it for how the story goes, mm-hmm. that it lends a little bit of maybe. Credibility to like the the more technical e mm-hmm. aspect of it versus just going, haha! Actual magic. That is true. Um, but I don't. Whatever. Um, they speak. They speak, and Tesla does offer to build the machine that Robert is asking for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So small victory. Very small, or actually, it's kind of like a giant victory. <laughs> we go back and we see that Scarlett Johansson's still with Robert, um, but they can't get work anywhere because of the accident that happened. Right. Um, so what they decide to do is they hear that Alfred has a show that he's doing, mm-hmm. and Jackman goes in a disguise to watch Alfred's show, and this is where we first see the teleportation trick.
1: Right.
0: And what it is is when he's on stage... Alfred has that rubber ball we saw at the prison, so the red rubber ball. Mm-hmm. And he on each end of the stage, he has this wooden box with a door. Right. And, in the, uh, and what he does is he walks over to one of them. He walks to stage left, or stage right, technically. Left if you're viewing it from the audience, but right. stage right on his end. And he gets over there, and he takes the rubber ball, and he bounces it over to the left side of the stage. And he gets into the box... And then he comes out of the other box and right. catches the ball.
1: And they basically just look like door frames on each side, right?
0: Or no, these are full on box boxes.
1: Box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah. We're it seems crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it's like, wow, how's he doing that? Because yeah. it it's definitely it's not necessarily instantaneous, but it's within a second or two that he's appearing from one side to the other side. Right. Um, so
1: the audience is very
0: Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it's something that nobody's seen before. Yeah. So it's something new. It's very impressive. It's interesting. It's like, how did he do this? Robert is pretty blown away by it. And he wants to know how he does the trick. Mm-hmm. So he talks to Michael Kane and Scarlett Johansson. And he's like, "How? I need to know how he does this trick. And Michael Kane says, the only thing, it has to be a double. There's no other way he could get from one side of that stage to the other that quickly. It has to be a double.
1: It's impossible.
0: And Robert refuses to believe that it could be a double Mm -hmm. because he's like, I've watched it five times. He says he's watched it a number of times, which is Mm -hmm. crazy that you're like that obsessed. Calm down, dude.
1: He's a very obsessed. Um, He is. But
0: he refuses that it's a double. He has to know what the trick is. He's confident that there's something else going on. Um, even even Olivia thinks that it's the same person also right. thinks that it's not a double um, that's gotta be the same person she thinks though because his hand is missing those fingers and he has to he wears these gloves to make it look like he's still got fingers versus just showing him only because, having three fingers
1: yeah, this nose. so she
0: believes it's gotta be the same person because of that because how else could you
1: pick that?
0: Right. So they decide to replicate the trick, kind of put their own little spin on it. But what they're going to do is, until they can figure out for certain how he does it, they're going to get a double. Right. Because that's the only way Michael Caine can think that it's possible to happen. So they need to look for somebody who looks like Hugh Jackman. Right. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Kane still pushes that Alfred uses a double to do his trick because that's the only way he knows how. Um, But they still don't believe him. We get to see Alfred with his wife. Uh, They buy a house. So a nice little fun thing there. We bought a house because his his trick is going gangbusters and everybody wants to see it.
1: Making all the money. Uh,
0: We then cut back and we see that uh, Michael Kane or, or well, actually, Olivia has found a double for Robert, mm-hmm. and it is indeed Hugh Jackman playing double duty yeah. as a not working actor who sits at a bar and gets drunk all day.
1: Yeah,
0: who just happens to look exactly like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, uh, he's
1: not- except
0: he might. I think he has like sideburns or mutton chops going on that they got to shave yeah, off. Yeah, I
1: think that he has like mutton chops, and he's also he's not he's not very pleasant. Like, he's a little off-putting, I'd say.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, he's a drunk, so... Yeah. That's definitely...
1: He's he's just very excited that he can be involved in something, I guess. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, We see them working on the trick. And what they do is, this is the one you were talking about, where it's two door frames... Oh, there we go. Set up, and they're facing each other on stage. So they're not facing the audience, but they're facing each other. And what'll happen is Hugh Jackman will open one of the doors and walk through it to show that, like, this is a real doorway. I can walk through it. Right. But what he, when he's doing that, he opens the door a certain way.
1: Right.
0: And then what he does is when he's doing the trick, he pull. So he opens the door... Uh, he pushes to open the door Push when he shows the, the trick. Or maybe he just doesn't open it all the way. It's something like he doesn't open it all the way or he doesn't hit it a certain way to trigger the trick. But he'll walk through it and be like, look, it's a normal door frame. No big deal. And then when he does the trick, he pulls it fully to obscure the view of himself. Mm -hmm. And then a trap door opens. He falls through the stage, hits like a bed of pillows or something. And on the other side, the double gets raised up out of the floor and walks through the door.
1: Ta-da. Ta-da. He doesn't
0: have to say anything. Nope. He doesn't have to do anything. He takes a bow, waves, gets off stage. That's, that's all it. they're asking this guy to do.
1: You just got to look the parts, not be a problem, not be wasted, and that's it. Bing bang boom. We're done.
0: Yeah. During all this, Scarlett Johansson does kiss Robert.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so, you know, she's got the hots for him. She sure does. He didn't sound like he turns her away or anything, but You know, whatever. Um, As they're sitting there, they do feel pretty happy about the trick, but he still wants to know how Alfred does his trick, because he does not think it's a double. We then see Michael Caine brings out the double on stage, um, and they're like, wow, he really does look like me. Well, he should, because he is you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they're like, okay, well, you look the part, but can you, like, present yourself as me? He doesn't have to speak, so you don't have to worry about the voice. And he does a little act, a little pantomime of, like, bowing, doing the trick, waving, making it look good. And they're like, okay, you know what? This might actually work. Right. Now they do realize, though, that the drunk can't go out in public. He's basically got to stay hidden, or else it gives up the illusion. Uh, And he's like, you know whatever, fine, as long as you're paying me and I can drink, whatever.
1: I feel like a part of him doesn't trust everything that's going on. Um, and he, his priorities are just drinking and being in some sort of spotlight that he hadn't been in before. Yeah. But I don't think that he, yeah, I don't think that he one million percent trusts everybody.
0: Yeah, we, finally we get to see the, uh, performance actually happened and it kills it's very well received the double does come out and he like bows and Mm -hmm. and does things he kisses Olivia on the lips Mm -hmm. in the middle of the act Um, but everybody happens to love it so everything goes off great
1: Yes, and she wasn't expecting that
0: yeah Um, even though the act is doing really well Robert still doesn't think that his trick is good enough. He still wants to know how Alfred does his trick. So he comes up with a plan. He wants to send Olivia to go work for Alfred as, like, a spy. Okay. And she's like, how, how would this work? He knows I work for you. And he's like, exactly. Because you'll go over there and you'll tell him that you want to tell him all of my secrets and how my acts are done. Right. And even though he probably won't trust you he'll still let you be there because he wants to know how I do my stuff and then you know you'll get in there and you'll figure out how he does his stuff and you'll let me know
1: it's uh, very it, it almost at times feels so immature about how back and forth they are it is
0: extremely immature like it's the dumbest There
1: are two brothers that just one wants to be the better one and you know who cares how scrappy and I just want to be better than you right just cause
0: Um, We cut back into the future, and we see that Tesla's built the machine for Robert. Um, It's this cage-looking thing with, like, a Tesla coil in the middle, and it shoots electricity all over the place, which is safe to stand in. Uh, They do—Robert does stand in it for a second. You see, like, the—it's one of those—you remember those old—I don't know what they were called— but it's something you could get at, like, a Spencer's gift. It was just a little light thing that shot, like, electrical yeah, things. Yeah, and it was like a and globe, you, right? Yeah, you could put, like, your fingers on yeah. it and the electricity would go to your fingers or whatever.
1: We never, we, my parents never bought us one, but I remember I having... I one either. I remember friends that had them at their house and it and it would, like, some... I feel like I had a friend that would make her hair stand up a little bit or something like that. But yeah, yes, I, know you exactly, could do that. I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Um
1: good
0: times. So while he's standing in the machine, uh, the machine doesn't seem to do anything or work or teleport him or whatever the hell he wants the machine to do. It just kind of craps out and he's kind of upset and they're like, just give us time. We'll work on it. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. We cut back into Back in Time and we see Olivia shows up to Albert and says that his show needs help. Mm-hmm. One of the big criticisms we keep hearing about Alfred is while he's a great technical magician, he's not a great showman. Whereas Robert is a very good showman, but maybe not the best technical magician.
1: Which I think is hilarious because Hugh Jackman is not the greatest showman. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, she loves that's like your toxic trait is she loves the greatest showman. I
1: love the greatest showman. <laughs> toxic. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: um so she kind of sweet talks Alfred and's like, "Look, I can make your show better because I actually know the performance aspect of it, so I can help a lot. And he's like, why would I trust you? And he's like, well, I'm sick of working with Robert because he literally sent me here to spy on you, yeah. and I didn't want to do it, but he sent me here anyway, so I'm just, I'll am just i give you all of his secrets as well. Yeah. Uh, and Alfred's kind of amused by this, so he's like, you know what? Fine. Sure. Why not?
1: It doesn't hurt that she looks like... Scarlett
0: Johansson. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like, okay. That's not a terrible idea.
0: Um, we cut back to Robert, and we see the drunk basically says he wants to blackmail
1: yeah.
0: Robert. He's yeah. like, look, I do a lot of... I, I basically sell your trick. Without me, you can't do the trick. I want uh, these certain things. And yeah, he's just like, what me. the fuck?
1: You can't do this without me.
0: Yeah. And... He's like, How, why is this happening? What, what does he think is going to happen? Like, what's the deal here? And we find out that Alfred, probably through Olivia, uh, although he probably realized he must use a double at some point, mm-hmm. uh, or at least use a double force trick, I assume Olivia must have gave him a little bit more information because Alfred finds the drunk at the bar. Right. And goes, oh, my God, you're the great Danton, and he acts like he is in public, and he goes, man, that trick is so amazing. I can't believe how you do that. I know other people who use doubles, and that double eventually kind of like asks for more money and stuff because they're the reason the yeah. trick works and blah, blah, blah. And he just feeds him this stuff He's and gets into his brain yeah. that basically leads to him sabotaging Robert.
1: Right. Yeah, you, you could be making so much money. Or you must be making so much money. You must be so doing so well off. Yeah. Absolutely planting a seed in the guy's head. Right.
0: And that all leads to a performance where they go to do the trick. And when Robert steps through the trick, uh, he, like, opens the door and the trapdoor goes. Alfred had removed the safety net from under the door. And Robert falls. And it's, I'm not quite clear if he breaks his leg or just, like, tweaks his ankle or hits it really hard. We do see him using a cane in the future. I
1: always assumed it was
0: broken. Um, so I, I assume it's broken, but I don't think we ever get a confirmation on exactly what happens. But basically, he lands really hard, and then he looks over, and to add insult to ed- injury is the double is still down there and has not gone up up right. yet. Um, so the double takes a swig of his flask, goes up to the top, Um, and, uh, oh, no, 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 sorry. It's not the double goes up. That's not what it is. Um, it's (laughs) Alfred goes up. Alfred is down there, not the double. Alfred goes up, walks out of the door. Everybody's surprised to see this guy. And then he reveals from the top is the double tied up in a bunch of ropes as if the magic trick was Alfred tying up the great Danton. And then he uses the stage to basically promote that he's doing a show right across the street. That's what it is.
1: Very sneak. Got a
0: little twisted there. There is a moment where the double is a little slower to go up. And that's when he's trying to do like the power play.
1: Right.
0: But after that, he does the leg thing. And Alfred just takes his moment to basically pitch... I'll be doing magic next door, and it's better.
1: Exactly. Come see me down the street.
0: Which is like the ballsiest way to promote your thing I could imagine. That's that's some, like, I'm going to shoot you in the street tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The audacity.
1: I'm going to get you. The audacity.
0: Um, Later that night, or maybe a day later, it's not, again, completely positive when this takes place, we see... Olivia shows up to Robert, and Robert confronts her about, like, what are you doing? Um, you gotta tell me what he's doing, getting, like, really irritated with her. And she says that he does use a double, just like Michael Kane said. And Robert still refuses to believe this, and claims that she's sleeping with him, um, and turns out she stole Alfred's notebook. Right. Now this is where we get the like, Alfred's reading Robert's notebook, who's now reading Alfred's notebook situation. Um, so this is where we got it from. We've seen him use it a few times throughout. There's a, a cipher in there that he needs to figure out in order to solve right. a lot of these um, secrets to his tricks. Um, and Olivia's still sort of pleading with him at this point to, like, I still care about you. I don't want to be doing this. Um, I have to bring back this notebook tomorrow or else he's going to realize it. And Jackman, or Robert, in the middle of this, says that I don't care about my wife. I care about his secrets. Which shows that the animosity that he held towards Alfred in the beginning about him basically leading to his wife's death, doesn't matter anymore. Now it's quite literally just about figuring out how he does his stuff and upstaging him with it.
1: Just absolute pettiness and desperation, I feel like.
0: Right. Um, Olivia does admit that she's fallen in love with Alfred, Mm -hmm. and robert comes up with this idea to basically go to his shop or or house or wherever it is that he does like sets up off his tricks and make it look like he broke in and stole the journal uh so he goes and like pushes over tables and stuff um so that alfred's like oh he broke in and took my notebook oh no
1: i feel like it, it should also be noted she knows he's married right now at this point right like she yes,
0: was, she would have. She would certainly know that he was married. So
1: she knows that she's the side piece. Yeah. And she's all for
0: it. Um, we see the teleporting act again uh, during Alfred's show. This time it does have a Tesla coil-looking thing in the middle. Mm-hmm. So this is confirmation that it was Alfred that potentially Tesla built something for him. Um, and after, uh, Alfred says he's going to go on a walk... And he tells Fallon that he doesn't care if Robert comes for him. Um, whatever. He just doesn't care. Right. So he goes for this walk at night. And exactly like he thought, we see Robert there. Robert is sort of tailing him. And Fallon sees Robert. So Fallon starts tailing Robert. So it's it's Alfred is walking. Robert's following Alfred. Fallon's following Robert who's following
1: Alfred. It's a lot.
0: It there is quite a lot. Um This is all an elaborate ruse though, because while they're going, Alfred goes off to like his wife or, or somewhere, Robert turns up this alleyway, Fallon follows Robert, and it turns into a trick. Because they walk Fallon straight into a trap and they, like, board him up in, like, this little coffin sort of thing. Um, Alfred, or not Alfred, Fallon, like, shoots and and hits Michael Caine with something. But Michael Caine's like, no no big deal, whatever. Now he's got an oxygen hole, I don't have to worry about it. From here, uh, we see Robert confront Alfred. Or actually, Alfred confronts Robert. Mm -hmm. And... Robert just still wants to know the secret to the trick. And Alfred gives him the answer. And tells him, uh, what happens is because they captured Fallon, Mm -hmm. he's trying to find Fallon. And he goes to this hillside thing, and Robert's there. And Alfred's like, okay. Um, And he, does he tell him it's a double? Or does he say you can find it in the notebook?
1: I think he said something about the
0: notebook. He says something about the notebook is what it is. Because he knows that he has it. And he goes, look, I will give you the answer that you need. And, and Robert says, well, I don't want just the key to your notebook. I want right. to know how the trick's done. He goes, the key will tell you how the trick is done. Right. So he's like, fine. And he gives him the keyword for it, which uh, is Tesla. Mm-hmm. and. Tesla. Robert's like, great, I got it, I got all your secrets, I'm out. And he's like, oh yeah, if you want Fallon, you can dig him up. They buried this man alive.
1: <laughs> he's dead.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't know how long he's been buried, or how deeply he's buried. But he did have a hole in the box. Mm-hmm. Which, even if he did, would get filled with dirt. <laughs> so, that was literally not helpful. I, I don't think it was helpful. It probably gave him less oxygen anyway. <laughs> it
1: probably made it worse.
0: Um, so Alfred starts digging him up. He's like, I'm coming. I'm coming, my friend. I'm coming. Uh, <laughs> which is so stupid. Yep. Um, Robert takes the letter that he got or the, the keyword that he got to Michael Kane to help figure out the trick. This is where we do see that it says Tesla. Sometimes I just get ahead of my own notes and because and, I write down, like, brief descriptions of everything that's happening.
1: It doesn't help again that this movie is very back and forth in small, minute things here and there.
0: Uh, so, Tesla's the keyword. This is why he thinks that Tesla built him something in, in the future and goes to Tesla. We then see uh, a dinner happening. We see Sarah waiting and Alfred shows up. But Alfred brought company. He brought Olivia and he brought Fallon. Uh, so now they're just having this awkward dinner with two people who shouldn't be there, and she knows that something's going on between Olivia and Alfred, and it's just extremely awkward.
1: Very uncomfortable. Like, couldn't... Ugh. The idea of awkward social situations like that, I, couldn't, I could never... But it, it feels so blatant what he, he's
0: doing. He does make light of a si- the situation and said, "There's a new trick called being buried alive." Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha
1: ha! Ha ha! So funny. Tee-hee.
0: Um, Olivia calls him Freddie. Mm-hmm. Said Alfred right in front of the wife. Yep. Uh, which definitely strikes a nerve.
1: Didn't like that.
0: <laughs> um, and then we see Alfred being, what I described as just being an asshole to oh, 1 million to Sarah. Percent. Um, and she asks him why he's like that, and he won't tell her why, uh, just that he almost lost something very important today, Mm -hmm. meaning Fallon, um, which for us we know was the bearded man, is what I wrote, because I don't, I felt like we never heard his name at this point. Um, and possibly the secret to his trick. Um, from reading more of the diary, Robert learns it was all actually a ruse. Right. So, as he's reading this notebook, he gets to the final part. And the final part's like, Yeah, Robert, all of this was fucking planned, you mm-hmm. doofus.
1: Yeah. He's talking <laughs> right to him.
0: Um, and basically, he just says that Tesla is just a key to the diary and not the trick. Tesla is actually trying to help him make a trick, but they can't get it to work just right. Mm-hmm. Um, they try it. And then you know, Roberts pisses this point, and Roberts like, whatever, fuck it. We're back into the future. Robert goes back to Tesla, and they're still saying that, like I said, they can't quite get it to work. They they've tried it with hats. Mm-hmm. Something happens, but the the hat and stuff stays there. It doesn't they don't think it goes anywhere. They're not sure. So they're trying it with other things. They bring in a cat. They put the cat in the machine. A black cat. They light that cat up. Nothing seems to happen. Roberts pissed, and just decides to leave. Uh, and as he's leaving, also
1: that was Andy Circus's cat.
0: Was it his like his actual cat? Yeah. Oh, Wait. like the character's cat, or he actually brought his cat to Whoa. set? Oh.
1: But his I not like, know but, that. But the character in the movie, he's like, "Hey, whatever happens to this cat is on you. So don't kill my cat, please." Oh. But yeah, that was also his cat. <laughs>
0: Um, so as Robert's going to leave, we hear some cats fighting. Some hissing and meowing.
1: Have you ever heard, like, a an alley cat fight? Or, like, feral cats fighting outside? Ooh, I hate that sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, so he goes over to investigate. Because he's never heard a cat up there before, so he decides to go take a look. And what he comes upon is what we saw at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He finds the forested area with just a shit ton of his hat there.
1: Just a, just a little miniature landfill of top hats.
0: Yeah, and we find out that the machine... and That they're not just, like, just random hats. They are his exact hat. They're exactly. the same exact measurements. They're the same exact everything. They find out that the machine not only teleports you, but it makes a clone of whatever it teleports.
1: So lo and behold, we see two black cats. Yeah. They're the ones that are fighting. And then they just take off somewhere. So, dun dun dun!
0: Right. Um, We then cut back to Alfred in the past again. And Alfred is at home, and he's very loving towards his wife and daughter again. (laughs) Um, and we've heard this said a couple times throughout the movie. We didn't really understand what it meant until this point. Because we just saw him be really shitty to his wife. And now this morning, he says, I love you. And she goes, you mean it this time. So we can tell that there's, like, something going on where she knows when he means it and when he doesn't actually mean it. Whereas earlier, it just felt like a weird throwaway line. Um, of, you know, maybe they're being, like, little cute to each other and be like, you don't like me, teehee. Yeah.
1: Do you love me today? Do you not love me today? Yeah, something like that. You know, are you in a bad mood? Are you in a good mood?
0: Um, and again, this is more subtle hints to what's really happening in the movie.
1: Right.
0: Um, we then see that Alfred asks Fallon to do a couple things for him. He asks him to uh, make his wife believe that he loves her, mm-hmm. and to take their daughter to the zoo, yeah. because he's got other things to work on. Or he can take her to zoo, and Fallon can do this other stuff. Either way, the things have to be done, and they can't really split yeah. split the time.
1: And it's a it's a little scene where you know he apparently had promised to take her to the zoo before. And He clearly had maybe forgotten about it, but the do- it meant so much to the daughter, so he's like, okay, you know, big priority, she's got to go to the zoo. Yeah. And is this where we see the mom having a drink, like, early in the morning? Maybe. I think she gets, like, pours, like, a little thing of sherry or something. He's like, really this early?
0: Possibly. Um, we then see Alfred go to Olivia, and Olivia tells him that she doesn't trust Fallon, and he says... Um, do you trust me? She's like, yes. And he's like, then you trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically saying, like, I tr- if you trust me, I trust him so you can trust him. Right. Um, I don't know how much I'd ever buy into that if anybody ever said, I trust this person. Do you trust me? And I'm like, sure. Well, I trust this person, so you should trust them. I don't know. I've never met that so don't know. probably
1: not so
0: much. Um, we're back at Tesla's home. And we see that... Well, Robert goes back to Tesla's house. And we see that some sort of explosion or arson has happened because the building is just in ruins. It's There's in little shambles, fires going yeah. on. It's it's all destroyed. It's
1: in shambles. There's uh, debris all around. It's on fire. Um, you know, what was previously, you know, very scenic and beautiful is just shot to shit now.
0: Yeah, we do learn that this was... Edison's work again. He had sent some goons to destroy whatever Tesla was working on and Tesla has decided to leave the country and just not come back.
1: Did we ever see Edison? No. I didn't think so. We should have been able to get at least like... I want to see who they would have hired to play Edison.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) So before Robert can check out of the hotel, the clerk at the hotel says, oh yeah, there is one thing though that Mr. Tesla left you and I didn't think it was important to tell Edison's people about. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see the machine that Michael Kane said not to buy to that guy earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's that weird pyramidy looking Metinum box thing, box. yeah.
1: Very like very tall, very heavy looking. Looks like it's the outside looks like mahogany
0: wood or something like that um tesla in the note that he left for robert does tell him how to use the machine and Mm -hmm. set it up but does warn to destroy the machine yeah like don't actually use it yes it can do something amazing Mm -hmm. and you could probably use that but you shouldn't just destroy it. it's in
1: everybody's best interest that it be eliminated
0: Um, we then see Hugh Jackman use the machine and, uh, it's revealed during this that his notebook that Alfred has been reading, uh, was the same thing. That at the end, he's like, and fuck you, Alfred. Yeah. I wrote just like you did to me. I wrote this specifically so one day you could get it.
1: Just the the amount of twisty back and forth between these two is insane. I don't know how they have the energy for this.
0: I I would I would never. I could never never. hear that much. I would never get that far. I would have literally (laughs) even okay if I was Robert. Uh, but you know I was still myself, Mm -hmm. and I saw him do that trick, and I was blown away by it. I would go to Michael Caine and be like, how, how does he do that? And as soon as he goes, probably a double, I'd go, yeah, that yeah, probably that makes check, sense. That, that, probably, that probably makes sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't think of I've anything. only
0: seen this guy wear, wear like, fake beards and yeah. stuff all over the place. So, yeah, that makes sense that maybe he could have found somebody who looks reasonably like him.
1: Speaking of which, I also want to know what little boutique in town is just making bank off of selling all of these beard and mustache disguises. Like, they're... Their business is booming right now. Right. Everyone's got disguises on. But yeah, it's it's I can't think of anything I could possibly obsess over it. so much to the point that I don't care about anything else. Right.
0: Um so since the notebook ended with Robert being like, "Haha, rotten prison asshole." Alfred kind of gives up. Mm-hmm. He does decide to sell his tricks, but only the prestige, which is his teleporting trick, that's what he calls it, when he gets to see his daughter.
1: Right. He's using it as leverage.
0: Right. His daughter, who was with Fallon last time we saw her, has been taken on as a ward by Lord Coldwell Mm -hmm. as well. So he's trying to buy his tricks and all this stuff, but he also took his daughter.
1: Right. Right. And so he's got his tricks down on, he's basically got them all mapped out and blueprinted on, like, just a handful of notebook paper. Yeah. But he's just willy-nilly carrying around.
0: Um, we then cut back in time and we see Alfred fighting with his wife in the morning. Yeah. And just kind of, just literally laying into her. And we see Fallon consoling the daughter. Right. Um, Again, we're kind of getting to points where it's really trying to put it in your face of potentially what's going on so that you can try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, She asks him not to give her tricks and asks if if he loves her, and he says, not today.
1: He says, today? No.
0: Not today. No.
1: Whereas before, you know, it was like, today, yeah, I love you. I love you so much today, and we're having a great a great day because of it but the it's so sad to see as soon as he says today no her the way that her shoulders just drop and the way that her expression leaves her face is so devastating to see she's like that i feel like that was literally a, a a switch in her brain going off like why am i even bothering at this point
0: yeah Um, We then see her at Alfred's magic shop, just kind of looking around, walking around. Uh, And then it turns into, like, the darkest moment of the movie in that she hangs herself.
1: She's walking around. She's looking at, you know, these books strewn about, uh, the desks. He's got a bunch of bird uh, cages hanging with the canaries and the doves in them. So they're fluttering around. You know, we get a scene where she's kind of running her hand across a bird cage. And I kind of it at the time I thought that maybe that had some symbolism in it. Yeah. That where she you know, the room that she decided to kill herself in, she was sitting there staring at these birds that were trapped in cages and maybe she kind of felt like that's where she was in life. Maybe it's not that deep, I don't know. But yeah, but she she just ends it. And it's so unfortunate.
0: Yep. Um, we then go to Michael Caine, who's having, like, lunch in this place. And on the bottom of his glass...
1: Oh, yeah, he's, like, at a bar.
0: Yeah, he sees a playing card. It's, like, a king of diamonds mm-hmm. or something. And on it is basically an invitation saying, Meet me at this address. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the address, and he sees a bunch of people offloading equipment into, like, this theater. And he goes into the theater, and lo and behold, it's Robert. Right. And Robert asks for his help setting up a last show. He just wants to put on, you know, get a uh, work at some place for one final big sort of show, and then he'll be done with everything.
1: Like, one big last hurrah before he retires or moves on or Mm -hmm. gives up on this crazy obsession.
0: So they show off the new trick and the guy whose theater it is is sitting there and the electricity comes on from the like Tesla coil thing and it's all over Robert and everything and there's like this big flash of light and he's gone. He's not on the stage and the guy's like, Well, I mean if your trick doesn't work, I'm not gonna hire you Mm -hmm. and then from behind him, Robert appears right So not only did he do a teleportation trick, which is what he was trying to do, but instead of going from the left side to the right side of the stage, he went from the stage to the balcony right and the guy instantly goes, "Yes, okay, we can He's put like, on Holy this show." Shit. That was amazing.
1: It's also it was also interesting too to note that when Michael Keane's character, Walks in. He does mention um, uh, to Hugh Jackman. He's like, I've noticed that all of your stage hands are blind.
0: Oh yeah. He, so he's got a bunch of blind stage hands because he wants no one, literally, no to one. actually know how this trick happens.
1: Yeah. So they're all kind of old. I don't know. They they don't look the best. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't look the best. They've they've come off. The they stage. managed. They manage. but uh, but yeah, he does say uh, blind stage hands. That's that's a good move. So everyone that's doing all of this stuff is blind.
0: Very clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's putting on the show. Alfred comes to see the show, and he starts with the water tank trick, which he learned from his dead wife.
1: Something else that I really loved before we move on um, when Michael Keane's character was there was while he's being, you know, while we see what the the new trick is, he does tell um, uh, Robert something. He was like, do you remember what I told you before? And he said, yeah, I told you before obsession is a young man's game. And I feel like that's kind of his way of saying cut the cord after this, and just fucking move on.
0: Yeah. Um, so, his new show starts with a watered tank escape. Same looking tank that his wife Same did. Uh, Alfred obviously realizing it. Obviously the people on the stage are, are plants who just tie the hands and then he does the, the trick. No big deal. Um, and we see the curtain rise and we see the machine that Tesla has built. Mm-hmm. Now, this thing is pretty impressive. It's pretty cool looking. If I was there in the late 1800s and saw this crazy mechanical monstrosity oh, in front yeah. of me, I might be like, what in the world yeah. is this? Um, and we watch him perform the trick, and Alfred instantly realizes that he uses a trapdoor. Right. Right. But is surprised when his he appears from the back of the theater. Right. He doesn't know how he does that. Mm-hmm. He comes out of, like, uh, one of those presidential sort of booth things. Yeah. Uh, kind of up above everybody. Yeah. Um, now we're finally back to the start of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We see where Alfred gets picked to go up on stage. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a fake beard. He looks at the machine, looks all around it, you, you know, like half-acidly, just kind of playing yeah. a part. And then as the trick starts, he goes backstage, he tells, like, the stagehand, I'm part of the act, you idiot, takes off his beard, goes downstairs. In the beginning, we did see there was somebody down there who mm-hmm. didn't stop him, but we know now the reason is because it was one of the blind people who's sitting there who Alfred doesn't make a sound or speak, mm-hmm. so the guy just can't see him. Yeah.
1: He's just sitting there on a, on a chair.
0: We also realize that Alfred did not put the water tank down there. Mm-hmm. That the water tank was already there.
1: Right.
0: Now, if you're kind of putting the pieces together, you already know where this is going.
1: Yeah.
0: So what happens is that the trap door is a death trap.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's intentional because what's happening is, well, one, the blind workers don't know what the trick trick is. They have no
1: idea what's going on. They don't
0: on. know what's going on. But what happens is when he does the act mm-hmm. he stays in the electricity long enough that it creates his clone and teleports him far away.
1: Up to the balcony.
0: But the, the guy who's on stage drops into the water tank. Mm-hmm. Water tank closes. That one drowns. So there's only one robber at a time. Right. Clever but pretty fucked up.
1: <laughs> Insanely fucked up.
0: Um, so, we also see that when Alfred sees this, he does try to save that Robert. Yeah. He tries to break the glass to save him, because while they were trying to one-up each other, it was never, at least from Alfred's view we see, never with, like, malicious intent. Yeah.
1: You know, like, um, maybe they thought it was, maybe not at all the time friend- friendly uh, competition, but him seeing this person that he's known for the majority of his life locked in a, in a box filled with water who's desperately, desperately trying to get out. He's yeah. literally signaling, like, help me find something, smash this, get me out of here. You know, he is in distress. It looks like he's shocked that he's locked in the box.
0: Yeah. Um, we then cut back to present time in the prison, and Lord Coldwall who we had heard about this whole time, finally shows up. He brings Alfred's daughter to see him. Mm -hmm. And Alfred first kind of pays attention to his daughter. And then he looks up to see Lord Coldwall. Mm -hmm. And it's revealed that Lord Coldwall is Robert. And that Robert comes from, like, being rich, but he just liked magic, that he wanted to do magic, and created, uh, like, a fake personality to disassociate himself from his wealth to do this stuff and now that he's achieved it and got his ultimate seeming one up on Alfred he's done and back to his his royal life which is wild to think about
1: it is such a bonkers scene to to realize him doing this and it is I don't know like you said wild is just And for him to like flaunt having care over his daughter in front of him outside of jail is, I mean like how, (laughs) you won, congratulations, you won.
0: And even after all of this, Alfred does offer to sell him his trick Mm -hmm. and Robert takes it and Robert rips it up and says, I made something better. Yep. So even after all of that. He, he no longer even wants the trick. This is all just now, like... Icing on top of the... Cake. Yeah. And... Now he is quite literally just being a bitter... Jaded... Asshole... Who really caused... Basically his, all, his own... Own misery and stuff. Yeah. And is now... Doesn't care that this man in front of him who... Didn't do anything... And is willing to finally give him the secret. The answers that he's desired, he doesn't care. And yeah. he's fine with letting him die.
1: <laughs> it's so shitty. He Like, he knows that he's going to be hanged, like, what is it, like, the next day? Yeah. Or something like that? And he desperately is yelling at, like, the, the guards. prison guards. Like, no, this this is the man that I'm going to be hanged for. He's not dead. He's alive. Like, this, someone do something. And then, obviously, nobody does.
0: Right. And, first off, that's kind of fun. I think he does have, like, sideburns or something, mm-hmm. so he looks, like, slightly different. But it's insane that nobody, I guess, knew what that guy looked like, which was crazy. But what we do learn here, uh, from this point, we see...
1: He, did, he does give his daughter the red ball.
0: Yeah. Right. We see Jackman, or Jackman, we see Robert or Lord Cold, Coldwall get back to his home. And in one of the room, Well, also with Alfred's daughter. He lets Alfred's daughter run off and mm-hmm. do whatever. In one of the rooms stands Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. And Michael Caine turns around and sees him. And is just like, "How? how is this possible? I saw your body. Like, how is this possible?
1: Like, what is this? He identified his body <laughs> uh, in the morgue. Like, they yeah. had his dead body. He walked up, nodded, you know, to the... You know, doctor or whatever, that that was him. And then they put something back over him. And he's like, I watched, or I think his quote was, I saw you on the slab. There's no way that you're standing in front of me right now.
0: Yeah. Um, and basically, he just says, like, okay, well, what do you want me to do with all these machines and stuff that you're buying? And he's like, just bring them, bring them all to that same address and I'll help you. He doesn't seem like that angry about mm-hmm. things, but he also is like, well, there's a man in prison now who didn't actually murder you, apparently. Yeah. Um, and so you're he's just ki-
1: going to let him hang.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of angry about that. We cut back to Alfred in prison, and he's talking to Fallon. Again, Fallon doesn't speak, but he's telling Fallon that you need to live for the both of us now. And uh, we go back, and Michael Caine's delivering the machine to the place that Robert wants him to, and it's to that theater that yeah. we first saw him putting it together in. And Michael Caine tells him the story of the drowning sailor again. Yeah. He mentioned the story at the very beginning, but he tells it again, and this time he says... Um, the story was that the sailor drowned but was resuscitated, and when they asked him what it was like when he died or was dying, he said it was, like, peaceful. He, he said
1: it, it felt like a poem.
0: Yeah, and he told that to him whenever Robert's wife died or To comfort him. As comfort. But this time, he goes, I lied to you. He said it felt like agony. Yeah. Like, I was trying to comfort you, but the real story is it, it was miserable. It was horrible. Um, so, you know, that sucks for whatever actually happened to that body that was in the water tank. Exactly. Because, obviously, he did that... Thinking that it wasn't as bad as it seemed. That they did feel like they were just going home. That it was slightly yeah. humane to some degree. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that somebody thought that was fine.
1: I mean, that's what everyone would like to think, I assume.
0: Uh, so Michael Kane leaves after dropping everything off. And as he leaves, he sees and we see Fallon enter the building. Um, we cut to...
1: Good to note to you that... Um, when Alan does leave, and um, he's being taken away, like to he's being taken away to be hanged. Fallon receives the red ball, right? Doesn't he bounce it at him?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. I think maybe.
1: It, like, kind of as like a goodbye, he bounces that red ball.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> we cut back to Alfred in the prison, and he's being executed. He gets. Hung at this point. So he does get killed. Uh, And then we go back to... Robert. And we see Robert kind of... Pushing the machine into... Sort of like a storage kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And... Fallon shows up and Fallon shoots him. And... Fallon walks up... From the shadows. And it's revealed... That it's... Not who we've seen Fallon be this whole time. In fact... It is an identical twin of Alfred. And Michael Caine was right that he is using a double. And the double was that he had a twin an brother.
1: An identical twin. So that nobody knew about. That no one knew about. This is the huge twist in the movie. I mean, a lot of stuff has been twisty, but this was, like, the huge... <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh, my god.
0: Um, basically, he reveals to them that that it was twins... And that to keep the performance up, um, one of them had their fingers shot off. Right. And the second one, to keep the illusion, willingly cut off their own fingers yeah. to match. So that they could stay the same. They also each loved one of the women that they were seeing. So right. one of them loved Sarah and one of them loved Olivia. But the reverse is, they each didn't love the other one. the other one. Um, So they made it way more complicated on themselves... Because they would swap who was Fallon and who was Alfred. So when they did, one of them would argue with Sarah, one of them would fight, one of them would, you know, just be Fallon dressed up near Olivia or whatever. So they just made it exponentially more difficult on themselves by doing all of this.
1: I feel like there was also a scene, too, where I think it was after... So he had his fingers shot off at one point. And then they went to cut the fingers off of the other guy at one point. And I feel like there was a scene where the one that they chopped his fingers off, one of the women was like, I can't believe it's still bleeding. Like, I can't believe that it's it's not healed yet. Like, yeah. that's so strange. And, like, that didn't make, I mean, that didn't hit my brain at all upon first look. Yeah, his, his wife said that. Yeah, his wife was like, I can't believe it's, it should be healed by now. But this makes a lot of sense.
0: Right. Um... Alfred or the twin, because we never get a name for the second one. So, Alfred or Fallon, as we know it. Whichever one. We don't know who is actually who. Right. Like, which one. I mean, obviously, Robert was technically angry at both of them, or jealous of both of them. Yes. But, so they're both Alfred. So, Alfred tells him, as he's laying there dying, that you did all of this for nothing. You went to this great length. You got my brother killed. You did all this crazy shit for absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. And Robert tells him that you still don't get it. That we do this for the crowd's face. We do this magic and everything so that when we're done and we've made them believe in something that's impossible, we get to see it on their face. It's not about the money. It's not about... And that's like him being like, that's why I didn't... I wasn't myself out there that i was robert and i was just this like nobody magician is because i didn't do it yeah. for the money i don't need the money i did it for the reaction and i wanted the biggest one possible and i got it uh and you know it is what it is
1: also at this point um robert as he's kind of slowly succumbing to his gunshot wound um does knock over a lantern of some sort or something like a, a fire starts a lantern but yeah a lantern in the, in this building
0: um we then go cut to michael Kane, who has alfred's daughter and he sees alfred and he lets the daughter go to him uh and he just seems either he he knew or he's just so indifferent to all the nonsense that he's been like Semi involved with that, he just doesn't care anymore because he just lets him go yeah. without any sort of question or anything. He just they don't lets say it a
1: single word. I think they just nod at each other. Yeah, I I'm assuming that I don't I don't think that I believe that he knew maybe somewhere deep he knew down. how the
0: trick went, but I think maybe seeing the second one, he went. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> there it is. Uh,
0: in the very final shot of the movie, uh, what we see is. As Alfred was walking away from Robert dying in that place that he filled with the props and things mm-hmm. that he bought is rows, a huge row of water tanks. And in each same. of those tanks is a dead Robert. Yeah. So both Michael Caine and Alfred would have known at that point that the way his trick was done is he was quite literally killing himself or a version of himself. It is explained at some point in the movie that Robert isn't even 100% sure that when his trick is done, if he is the clone right. is. or if he's the one who teleports. Right. Uh, because the first time he ever uses it, when we finally see what actually happened, he sees the clone and he takes a gun and he shoots shoots the clone. Right
1: in, a, in a, like a terrified kind of manner yeah. like he's a little like he's confused
0: so he came with terms with basically just killing himself over and over mm-hmm. again and wishing and hoping that when it was his turn to do the trick that he would wake up on the balcony mm-hmm. instead of down, down here right. but to the, to like the I, I think the thinking is to the clone that is exactly what happens but we don't know for certain if if there is any transportation of the actual person standing right.
1: there. So, like, the the scene when we see Alfred discover him, you know, falling into the thing and it closing, that very well could have been, like, an original, or that could just be him being like, oh my god, I was supposed to not fall down here, I was supposed to be up there.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so that's the Prestige... Uh, Like I said, I I think this movie is actually better on a second watch or an additional watch. Just because when you do know, unlike something like, let's say, Sixth Sense, where once you know the trick, you might want to watch it a second time to realize some of the things that are happening in the movie. In this one, because of how, like, convoluted and back and forth Mm -hmm. things can seem at times, when you know what's happening you're more privy to small, subtle hints towards things, and you can try to piece it together in your brain of like, okay, when is this Alfred and when is this Fallon that are showing up, and what's, like, at what point? Because you know, now you know, like, when they're angry, when they're fighting, it's got to be, let's just say, Fallon, for example. When they're not fighting, it's actually Alfred. And you can try and... You can't piece together it perfectly. I don't think there's any way to significantly say this is when it's this one, this is when it's that one. Because we're never actually given any sort of name or an indication or anything. But I did just... Like I said, I- I've probably seen this movie maybe like three times in my life at this point, And I do think... I enjoyed it the first time, although I don't absolutely love it. I, th- I think it's a good movie. It just... There is because of how often it jumps back and forth between yeah. present time, past time, like middle time, and everything. It can, at times, kind of get a little lost in the shuffle on where exactly you're supposed to be in the timeline. But on this watch, I feel like I liked it more than maybe the very first time I ever watched it. Yeah. And it's because I was watching for the smaller things of like, okay, when is it? When is it this? when is it that? And I was picking up on tiny things throughout that made a lot more sense.
1: There was one thing that I made a note of that I, I feel like I if I did know it I'd forgotten. But when we see um, Alfred and Fallon um, in prison and we realize that there's two of them and he's being put you know pulled away to be hung, him saying, um, "I never meant to hurt Sarah. Like I really I never meant to do that. I feel like I never caught that before." And that was his way of like apologizing for not being the best husband to her. When,
0: which know. in that case, I mean, that could have been. See, it's stuff like that that makes it hard to know. Like, is that the one that loved her, or, the one that or didn't. is that the one that was shitty to her? And he's apologizing because, because of him, mm-hmm. she killed herself. Right. When it was the the one that's free who loved her, so. Because we don't ever see Scarlett Johansson again. No. So it would be easy to assume that she did. The, the one who did survive is probably the actual father mm-hmm. and the one who actually loves Sarah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, yes. it's hard to tell. I do enjoy that the movie does play a little bit with, like, who is really the villain of this movie. Yeah. Because we follow Robert for so long and he's the one who's first wronged mm-hmm. and it's easy to look at uh, Fallon or not Fallon uh, Alfred as a character and early on to really like despise him because of the shitty things he's done yeah. but then slowly Robert starts doing like some shitty stuff and by the end you're like wow that you like that's really fucked up
1: <laughs> I feel like everybody has a, a good turn at being shitty in this movie and it's it's one of those movies that I think the reason why I love it so much is it's a movie that the first time that I watched it I thought about it for like the next day or the day after that I thought about it and thought about it um, it really just kind of raises interesting questions to talk about and it's fun to get with other people and be like well what did you think Or yeah. how, how did you take this um, or take that so it's I don't know it's 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 twisty but it's fascinating. And again, I, I know I said that at the very beginning, it, how long the movie is. I feel like for the subject, it wasn't too long for me. I felt like it was very, I didn't know what was going to happen next. It felt so twisty and great that that amount of time was fine for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And again, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've listened through this and, and maybe you'd seen it once before, I do urge you to give it a second watch. You might be like me and enjoy it more than you did the first time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun movie, so check it out anyway.
1: It's good. Give it a watch. Nice and twisty.
0: Um, so thank you for listening to another episode. Um, okay. I don't really have anything extra to add at the end there unless you did.
1: <laughs> I I'm I'm glad that I, I picked a good one, for this. Yeah. This this time we'll see if I. can We'll keep we'll a, see in two of. weeks if you yeah. do it again. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, you can follow us uh, if you're listening wherever you're listening to this on. Um, please give us a rating. Any sort of comments, things like that, are great. Feedback stuff like that always helps. Uh, the ratings always help. Uh, you know, find more people, share it around, all that sort of stuff. You can follow us all over the place at COAS underscore podcast, Instagram, Facebook, um, or even find us on YouTube. Or you might already be on YouTube. Give us a a subscription there, leave a comment, thumbs up, that sort of thing. Um, We also do live streams every Friday where we review a movie we had recently seen in theaters. um, Or, in some cases, if we missed a week, maybe a couple movies that we'd seen in the theaters uh, so that's every Friday over on Twitch at a, usually 6 p.m. Central time. You can find us there. Uh, but yeah, and
1: if, if you have the chance to leave a comment somewhere, let us know if there's a movie, uh, like a new movie that you've just seen or are seeing, or if there's just a classic movie in your library that you think we should check out. Let us know.
0: Yeah, so we'll thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, we'll see everybody next time.
1: See you in the movies.
0: See you in the movie. Bye. <laughs> Bye.